You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Now today... I have Jared Kleinart, who is the co-founder of 2 Billion Under 20, which represents the younger millennials under 20 that are struggling maybe at this point to find success. They're just getting out there in the world and they, they're trying to find their passion. They're not too sure exactly what they want to do. Jared is the lighthouse to the younger generation that shows them the way on how they can achieve success at a younger age. So Jared, I'm super excited to have you here on the show today. I'm ready to pick your brains, man. And uh, I'm super excited about what you're doing. You know, I'm, I'm too super happy to be on the show. You know, it's always a pleasure doing things with you. you know, I've been contributing to Addicted to Success for a while now. Uh, and you're just a great guy. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So you're launching your book shortly, right? July 28th, which is 2 billion under 20. Now, can you tell us what can we expect from this book? What's the idea behind this book? Yeah, so 2 billion under 20 uh, kind of reads like if you were going to take Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich and then marry it to Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. Uh, and it's you know this eye-opening book that brings together 75 of the world's smartest and most talented millennials that me and my co-author could find from Olympic athletes to teenage entrepreneurs, singers, actors, scientists, nonprofit founders, speakers, you know, et cetera, uh, from all walks of life in over 20 different countries. And we got these 75 young people to share their stories in order to empower the 2 billion people in the world 20 years old or younger to act on their passions in life, while also you know, inspiring readers from older generations uh, to do the same, support them, and then you know, find out how millennials tick so that they can you know, better market to them uh, or better hire them as millennials become one of the most powerful consumer marketplaces out there. Yeah, wonderful. And you're a millennial yourself, right? How old are you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 19, and then my uh, my co-author and co-founder is 22, and then everyone in the book uh, is now 23 or or younger. But at time of writing, they were all 20 or younger when they all wrote their stories. So dealing with some young guns and some young blood. <laughs> and you've got you know like uh, actors and athletes and young entrepreneurs. Who has been the most uh, interesting person that you've discovered for this book? Yeah, I mean, that's like picking your favorite child out of 75 <laughs> children, which if I have children at this point in time, that's really scary. But uh, thankfully, I don't that I know about. Um, but I don't know. We've, we've had, you know, my friend Sam McCulloch, who's an Olympic gymnast and seven-time NCAA champion, uh, who I've covered in uh, an Addicted to Success article in the past. Uh, he's a super humble guy and a super amazing story behind him as far as the fact that he broke his ankles kind of a year before he tried out for the Olympic team and ended up coming back, uh, making the team, and you know, winning a few more NCAA championships after that. Uh, and recently, he just started a company, uh, and he raised 40K successfully on Kickstarter for a tea company. Um, so he's incredible. Um, I finally got to meet Dow Jock in person uh, over my travels during uh, December and January in Europe. 
And Dao is uh, an amazing kid, an amazing leader who escaped the South Sudanese Civil War as a child. Um, unfortunately, lost his father to the war, but came to the United States, taught himself English in a matter of six years, got himself into Penn, uh, which is one of the top schools in the country uh, and in the world, ended up becoming the captain of the Division I men's basketball team. And he's won uh, leadership and service awards alongside people like uh, Drew Brees uh, from the Saints for all the work he's done and all the nonprofit stuff he's done. Um, I could go on and on. I mean, another one who I was speaking to yesterday uh, was a woman, Kristen Powers, who goes to Stanford right now. And she lost her mother to Huntington's disease when she was growing up. Um, and the thing with Huntington's disease is it's uh, you, like 50% of people uh, can potentially inherit it you know, if their family member has it. So she had a 50-50 chance of potentially inheriting this life-threatening disease. So instead of kind of crying about it or sulking about it and doing nothing about it, she made an entire documentary about her own experience getting tested for Huntington's disease when she turned 18 and has since raised uh, $45,000 plus to make this film and then bring it around the world. She's actually going to Australia next, uh, your, your place, ah, nice. <laughs> your home country. So um, yeah, just so many amazing people. Um, and super humbled that everyone decided to buy into this vision that me and Stacy had and really excited for all the people that are buying into the book now that it's a finished product. I mean, we've had some crazy endorsements and I'm just really excited to get it out in July. Um, so yeah, it's been a really fun ride. Yeah. Wonderful, man. And we've actually decided to partner with you guys on, uh, launching the digital short to the addicted to success community and this is the entrepreneur version isn't it yeah so you know in this process of starting two billion under 20 you know we picked 75 people for the book but we had hundreds of stories that were contributed to our you know pool of stories to pick from and we've grown this online community of about 400 crazy wacky talented millennials so we decided that before the book comes out uh, we were going to start in april by releasing uh, a series of extended di digital shorts to feature uh, in total another 50 stories from incredible young people and kind of you know give the the taste test or give the teaser to the main book coming out in July uh, so with you guys you know we partnered with addicted to success to release the entrepreneurs edition of stories from the two billion under 20 and what your your group and your tribe is going to find in this digital short is stories from 10 young entrepreneurs uh, who are equally as impressive as the people that we feature in the main book. And you know they'll be able to listen to all the stories and get all the practical takeaways that come in this digital short. You know, so we we had this digital short that we wanted to come out with, decided to partner with you guys to kind of be the first to release it to the world and you know really happy to have done that with you because, you know, like you said, I've really uh, appreciated being a part of Addicted to Success's family over the last year or two. And you guys have just built an amazing following of, you know, hustling entrepreneurs. So we definitely wanted to kind of infuse your following with, you know, stories from 10 really ambitious young entrepreneurs that your group will relate to and that your group uh, will be proud to kind of share with the rest of the world. 
Yeah, I'm sure they will, man. I'm sure they will. And look, you're a great writer and uh, you're, you're very thorough with it as well, which I like. You know, there's a lot of writers where they'll just write surface level things. You go out there, you do the research, you share stories along with, you know, the points that you're, you're trying to make as well, which is great, man. So I'm definitely looking forward to that book coming out, not just the uh, entrepreneur version, the digital short, also the actual book on the 28th. So thank you so much. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. And with the entrepreneurs, what did you find the patterns were with these guys? You know, at a younger age, uh, thinking about building a future, and you know, I guess the world is your oyster, right? You got so many opportunities around you. You're starting out fresh. I mean, what did you what did you find with these young entrepreneurs? What what stands them apart from your your older entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, with the 10 people who shared their stories in this uh, Stories from the 2 Billion Under 20 digital short, uh, none of them really cared about their age when they started their first business. Uh, None of them stuck to a traditional path. Uh, And even if they had success in one realm of life, they decided that they'd keep an open mind and continue to looking for new opportunities. some people had it really good. You know, there's a, a per- kid in the book who was a professional dancer, uh, but decided that dancing wasn't going to be his passion anymore, and built a location-independent, you know, internet business uh, instead, and is doing pretty well with that. Um, I have a friend who I was hanging out with a couple weeks ago who got himself into uh, Wharton, which again is Penn, uh, and one of the top undergrad business schools in the world and probably had a fast track to a really high-paying job on Wall Street, but decided that he was going to take a gap year to that and started building his own consulting businesses. So even though these people were doing pretty well or maybe weren't doing well, they weren't going to settle for anything less than what fit their ideal life vision and ideal business vision so it's really inspiring and you know all these guys have been part of our uh online community for a while now and they're super intelligent super geniuses themselves and it's been really cool to be able to highlight their stories um as well wonderful and what action steps would you say a young entrepreneur should take uh to move forward or to even really pinpoint what their passion really is yeah, I think the number one thing they should do is uh, follow addictedtosuccess.com. <laughs> no, Shameless I'm not, plug. <laughs> and I mean, I, I somewhat joke around when I say that, but I know when I was getting my start, I sort of brainwashed myself with all of the thought leadership that was available. I, I was you know, addicted to reading uh, Forbes and Fast Company and Entrepreneur and Inc. And actually came across this article uh, in Forbes called The Most Connected Men You Don't Know in Silicon Valley about you know this guy David who became my biggest mentor uh, in life. So it was really good that I brainwashed myself because I ended up you know finding an opportunity out of it. But even without that opportunity, just you know making sure that I was putting my nose into the books and associating with myself with the right people uh, changed my mindset and you know put me into a mindset that most other uh, teenagers weren't in at the time, you know. So I would say if you're if you're thinking about this world and this life, like start associating yourself with people who are in it or people who are five, ten years ahead of where you want to be. You know, start reading all the necessary books. Start reading all the blogs like AddictedToSuccess.com. Listen to the podcasts that are out there. Um, after that, then there's a whole you know slew of tactics that you can use 
to kind of figure out you know what opportunities are available and you know match up your uh, I think I've spoken about this uh, with you before, but kind of match up your passions and your skill sets in order to find your zone of genius. Um, those are all like strategies and tactics, but you got to have the mindset first. Uh, yeah. So I know, you know, I was semi-joking about addicted to success, but one thing your blog does for your readers is puts them in an amazing mindset that they can, you know, be in a in a success building mindset. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, that's our goal, right? To to build the belief because I think it all starts with belief. And if you see that uh, other people have been able to achieve it, that's when you start to build that hope within you that, hey, look, someone else can do it. I can do it too. And then when we show the way that they've actually been able to achieve it, it starts to become more real in the reader's minds. And this is what you're doing with 2 billion under 20, which I love. You're showing, you're sharing stories of entrepreneurs that were at a younger age where they probably didn't know exactly what they wanted to do, but they started to, you know, find some things they love. They started to build their skill set, and then away they went. And each person has a different story. Of course, you know, it's each person's unique, but for somebody that's still stuck in a high school or, you know, college or university, they're sitting there going, I don't know what to do. One of those stories is bound to resonate with them. At least one, probably more. Right, because you're covering a lot of people in that in that book. So, yeah, you're doing you're doing the same thing in a different way, which is great, man. I I love it. It's going to be very effective. Yeah, and I, I would say it's not just for you know the younger audience reading your blog. I think any entrepreneur reading uh, or following addicted to success who is going to get a chance to get this you know digital short for free is um, you know these are timeless stories, so they're going to be able to connect with maybe they'll see like the younger version of themselves in you know the 10 people uh that we sh- have sharing their stories or the the actual lessons and you know notes of inspiration i would say are timeless so you know the the names might change and the ages might change uh and the problems people are solving might change but the way they do it uh you know outside of the use of different types of technology just the the mindset again stays the same and the the hustle stays the same the problem solving ideology stays the same so i think anyone's going to relate to this and you know i i'm really excited that your group is going to get to see it first because i think it's at least with the entrepreneurs edition of stories from the two billion under 20 uh probably going to resonate with your audience you know very much so yeah i love this man i love this so i mean you've put a book together at such a young age you've traveled around you've even uh delivered a tedx speech how would you get onto tedx because i know a lot of people i speak to are like one of their big goals their big dreams or vision is to speak at a tedx event yeah it it really goes back to providing value for other people actually uh, which is something I've written about a lot on your blog, and you know, again we've talked about this a lot. But you know, I look to provide value for as many other people as possible, and one of those instances afforded me the opportunity to do a TEDx talk. Um, actually, another speaker, um, and it was a TEDx youth event, so just want to throw that out. Um, but one of the other speakers was preparing for his talk, and you know, needed some feedback and some help crafting his message and getting ready for the talk. So I met him in Miami because I was living in South Florida at the time. 
and helped him out over lunch. And then I simply asked if they were looking for other speakers still. And he's like, you know what? I don't know. Like, let's, let's ask him. So he made an email introduction between me and the organizers. And what do you know? They had an extra spot and they liked my story and decided to, to have me on. And it was simple as that. Um, yeah, I know Stacy's done, Stacy, my co-author and co-founder of 2 billion under 20, she's done two TEDx talks by now. Uh, and probably a similar story if you asked her, although, you know, she has a, a crazy bio and, you know, a crazy story about raising over a million dollars from Richard Branson off a tweet. So you know, that, <laughs> that in itself can give you a TED talk, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if you're doing stuff in this world that is slightly out of the ordinary, then it's easy to craft a compelling story around that and be able to deliver talks, you know, not only on a TEDx stage, but for payment and as, you know, a source of income. And, you know, also being of value to as many people as possible just leads you to really cool opportunities, uh, like being able to do a TEDx talk or like being able to ask people to sleep on their couches when you're coming to their town. You know, all that was just from building relationships and, you know, being helpful to as many people as possible when I can. Wonderful. And, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get, right? Yeah, that too. I mean, there's a, there's a way to ask, you know, in a, in a nice way and like give a, give an easy way for people to say no. So you're not pressuring them because you don't want, you don't want someone to say no. And then it's like end of relationship, but <laughs> hey, value know. for value, of course. Now, another thing that I noticed as well is you not only feature on addicted to success, with your guest blogging, you also feature on like Coca-Cola, Huffington Post, quite a lot of pretty awesome sites. So how would somebody go about getting that exposure on some high-level uh, platforms and high-level blogs and websites? Yeah, um, it's a good question. I think um, you're going. It's, it's about building the relationships and it's about uh, being of value, but then to add new points to that mix... I wouldn't necessarily make that the ultimate goal, you know. So while uh, a TEDx talk is great, or while um, writing for Coca-Cola's online magazine may be great, or even Huffington Post, you know, those actually don't provide a lot of, uh, you know, um, views back to what we do with two billion under twenty, and you know, with my other businesses, like they. They are not very good for content marketing. Uh, what they're good for is kind of the social proof, so that you know, in my bio, I can say I write for all these outlets and I've done these certain types of talks and been featured in Forbes and Fast Company and all that. But it's you know, starting with some of the more targeted blogs. You know, so if you were doing a, I don't know, let's take your your morning motivation classes. Um, I'd probably, hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't start with Forbes. I'd probably start with either some of the meditation sites or some of the the niche sites like Addicted to Success, but maybe are smaller. Uh, maybe some of your your imitators or you know copycats. And I <laughs> I would um, I would guest blog on their sites because they have a much more targeted audience uh, that is going to be interested in what you're offering rather than you know hey I just put a, an article out in Fast Company yet because. Fast Company reaches such a diverse audience and has so much content, uh, probably none of your ideal customers are going to read it, or maybe five of them will. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's two mindsets. It's like one, you know, yes, you need to get your TEDx talk and you need to get your feature in Forbes and Fast Company and TechCrunch so you have that social proof. But like once you have that, then you, you 
it's not like they're going to take your article down. They're not going to like reverse time and take you off a stage and take your recording offline. It's just not possible. Um, so you have that, and then you can go focus on some of the more uh, specific content marketing uh, partnerships and outlets. Um, and those will actually build the platform you need and the uh, awareness of your own personal brand to then go back to Forbes and go back to Fast Company and say, hey, um, I think it's time to partner on a column now. And you know, suddenly, instead of going for that that one little splash, now you might be able to write on a more consistent basis and then use things like uh, a Forbes column or an Addicted to Success uh, podcast, then invite some other superstars into your world and uh, and start interviewing them and build relationships with them and partnerships and all that. So it's just, you know, don't necessarily go for the shiny object right away, but, you know, leverage the shiny object as much as possible and leverage, you know, all the smaller steps that you need in order to get to those, you know, seemingly shiny objects. Yeah, interesting, interesting point. I think a lot of people would have seen that as, oh, wow, Coca-Cola or Huffington Post, they get so much traffic and, yeah, uh, sometimes those sites are very oversaturated too, I guess. And like you said, it's yeah, good Huffington for credibility. Post is, yeah. Huffington Post does nothing for us. I mean, I, I'm not going to bash them on your podcast, but um, yeah, there's just so many contributors to Huffington Post that you know, unless you have your own following, you know, uh, it's, you're not going to get as many views as uh, just being a normal writer. Mm, I get who that. Who just so happens to publish their content on Huffington Post. Yeah, I get that for sure. For sure. I mean, the lifespan of your post isn't too long if there's another one coming directly after it 10 minutes later or half an hour later. I get that. I know that you also linked with uh, someone who is truly incredible, a, uh, a great uh, networker and a uh, guy that is great at building relationships in the business world. His name is Keith Farazi. And I know that you connected with him. So could you tell us, like, what is the greatest lesson you've learned from Keith Farazi? Yeah, so so Keith uh, kindly endorsed uh, two billion under twenty as well, and put a nice uh, blurb for the back of our book. Um, he was also a client of mine for the marketing consulting firm I started. Um, and I think Keith's the biggest lesson Keith taught me uh, was probably the one he didn't have to tell me. Um, you know, while I was working for him. Uh, I had the opportunity to go out to Los Angeles twice to do client visits um, and just hang out with him and his team for you know f- three or four days at a time. And the first time I was out there, uh, I was hanging out with him, and we're we're driving uh, like to the office or away from the office, and he is just nonstop on his phone messaging people and pinging people, as he likes to call it, and just the sheer hustle he has. And like the passion for connecting with people and and making uh, dots connect was just totally mind blowing to me. You know, he uh, he really practices what he preaches, and he probably doesn't need to be working as hard as he does right now after he's achieved you know the amount of success he has and has the network he does. But he works harder at you know staying in touch with his network and building his future empire and working on future books and you know raising money for uh, a tech company than a lot of people that I've seen. And he didn't have to tell me that. He just had to be really quiet and focused on his, you know, phone while I was, you know, watching around and just trying to, you know, look at the next prettiest thing in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> he's busy on his phone like getting stuff done and you know messaging people. So that was probably the biggest lesson Keith taught me. Um 
I think the second biggest lesson Keith taught me was uh, one he did tell me, which was our first uh, dinner together before uh, before I came on to help him for real. Uh, it was kind of we were just testing the waters out, and he said that uh, you know everything's about results. You know, so despite me being young and despite you know my firm being unproven, actually I didn't have a firm at the time. Like he was he was my first client, and then I called it a firm you know shortly afterwards. As far as you know, helping people with marketing, consulting, and strategy, but you know, he was like, "Look, you know, I know your, I know your path is a little bit weird, and you know, you've gotten results for people in the past, and that's why I'm giving you an opportunity, you know. And if you know, results will speak for themselves. Like that's all that matters. So, same thing here. You know, it's like with the people in Two Billion Under Twenty, both in the main book and the stories from the Two Billion Under Twenty digital short." People are paying attention to these kids because they're getting results. You know, they're making the Olympic team. They're creating six and seven figure businesses. They're getting into the rooms with the Tony Shays of the world. They're, you know, they're they're doing these things. It's you can't you can't deny it. I love that man. And uh, just on the point about the uh, LA girls, man, you gotta be careful with them. <laughs> I was I wasn't even talking about the girls. I mean, just like the the weather and the trees. But yes. <laughs> Women in Los Angeles are also very attractive. <laughs> so can you tell us uh, one of the stories that you shared with me earlier that's in the book, which I found interesting, is that this kid went from selling popcorn at the movie theater to starting his own profitable uh, business, detailing the world's most expensive supercars. So could you tell us a little bit about how that came about? Because that's an interesting story. Yeah, so, so my friend, uh, as one of his high school jobs... Uh, was working at the movie theater selling popcorn uh, in Tennessee, I believe, and kind of you know <laughs> left the movie theater because he knew he didn't want to work selling popcorn. Uh, and to make some extra cash, went back to something he did to raise money, you know, in in the past for kind of like a project or a school trip. I forgot exactly what he was raising money for, but you know, every kid does it, which is. Uh, raising money via car washes and finally he was like hey you know I made a decent amount of money doing this so let me try it again uh, under the guise of actually doing it to make a business out of it and so he did and he started washing cars day after day and was making a nice amount of money and then decided to invest in learning how to detail cars and started not only washing them but detailing them and over the last probably two, three years has built up such a resume and such a clientele basis that now he's working on a you know referral word of mouth basis only, detailing, you know, the world's most expensive supercars. You know, so if you follow his uh his Facebook account, you see like one day he's detailing a Bugatti and the next day he's detailing a Ferrari and the third day he's detailing a uh, a Bentley. And you know, it's it's so flashy. Um but he's really just washing cars and he it's he's built this up over time and you know what was the what was the barrier to entry there i mean i washed cars when i was you know 10 11 12 13 to like raise money here and there i did it with my brother and my two stepsisters and like i'm sure everyone's washed cars to make money at one point as a kid it's kind of like you know you do a lemonade stand and and you wash cars that's kind of what people do so but he, he turned this into an actual business and he was doing really well at it that's amazing it's the uh, hustle and belief at such a young age so it's great to see and great to hear now you read a lot of books 
All right, you're very into reading books and seeing what's out there. What has been the most inspiring book or the book that has had the most impact in your life? Um, to get my favorite book, you have to go to the 1920s and you have to read uh, The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. And it's kind of the, uh, th- it's Think and Grow Rich times three or four. So Think and Grow Rich is the spark notes to The Law of Success. And you know, I, I actually never read the book. I've listened to it three times on audiobook. Um, and it's it's incredible. It's it's when when you talk about timeless entrepreneurial advice, that is that book. You know, there are there are lessons that I learned from that book at sixteen that I implement to this day and you know, people are asking you know, even on this podcast, you're asking like how did I get some of these opportunities? Well it goes back to, you know, doing more uh, work than paid for, which is one of the lessons that Napoleon Hill is teaching in the law of success, you know, in the, in the late 1920s and kind of having a pleasing personality where you're able to get along with, you know, people from all different walks of life and get hundreds of people to buy into your visions because they're not buying into it. It's like an exchange of value. And, you know, I hope that I'm giving people five or 10 X value uh, in return for their interest and, input into my projects. So yeah, that's my favorite book. And you know, it's talk about timeless entrepreneurial advice. They, uh, and Napoleon Hill covered it. Love it. What's your favorite quote? Um, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift probably by Steve Prefontaine. That's a great quote, man. I love that. I love it. And you live by that too. So even better. Sometimes <laughs> you don't want to know how late I woke up this morning. You would you would not be happy with me. <laughs> All right, Jared. We're approaching the end of this interview. The last question I that I end the interview with is: If you were to deliver your last thirty second speech to the world, what would that last thirty seconds sound like? Hmm, that's interesting. You know, I, I have three moon missions that guide everything that I do with 2 billion under 20. And I think, you know, Stacy shares in this a lot. Um, the first is to get 2 billion people in the world to find and act on their passions in life. The second is to get them all to work together in solving the world's most pressing problems. And the third is to get the other soon to be 6 billion people on the planet to support the 2 billion under 20, and then also do the same for themselves. So, you know, I would probably use 30 seconds to touch on those and, really you know reiterate on how how far we have to come but how big of an opportunity we have uh today and right now to do it awesome i love it jared thank you thanks for joining us today man and uh we're looking forward to that book if you're on the addicted to success mailing list we're going to launch this out uh is there a link that they can head to to download the book anyone who's listening uh to this can get the free digital short uh, on two billion under twenty dot com uh, slash bonus, and you know it'll be in your mailing list uh, as well. If it's if you haven't already sent it out, you'll send out another link with the podcast recording. Um, but yeah, anyone listening, it's totally free to download, um, and you'll hear you know some of these incredible stories um, that we've been talking about, and yeah, totally free. You know, we just want to share these incredible people's stories. We want to get your audience to really uh, be refreshed and give them you know, inspiring stories from younger people that they may not get to see on your blog. Um, and we partnered with you, meaning 
that when they see this digital chart, when they download it, the last page will have a, uh, an awesome, you know, addicted to success logo on it and talk about what you're doing. So, you know, for the people who are uh, part of your tribe already, that won't be new news. But for all the other people in the world who aren't touching on this podcast and who aren't getting it in your email list, uh, they will definitely get to see what you're up to, what Addicted to Success is all about at the end of the digital short. So really excited to not only share these young people's stories, but then also share you know your work with Addicted to Success in our mm-hmm. digital short. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, yeah. Jared. All the Thank best, you. buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, bye.